last week on Married to the Games. Well, I know we already talked about Best Buy, but I think they deserve this. <clears throat> oh my gosh. <laughs> what happened? Ew. Uh, Yellow light. No. <laughs> Sims, I can't, I can't ever keep the baby in my house. Every time I got married on there and had a baby, they came and took that job. <laughs> like, uh, when the child services come and pick up your baby, yeah, the child service come get the baby. I was like, oh snap. Yes, yes, y'all, you know what it is, it's that kids and wives and nine to fives, but we are married to the games. Thank you guys for being here, zero, four, one. We are keeping it moving, we talk about life and games, games and life, and we love it. It's your boy Gabe Patillo with Timothy Hall and Tim Router, of course, and as always... Gabe, you got to conserve some of that energy, man. You just used it all up. (laughs) I'll keep it up. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, Yeah, we are happy to be here. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to jump right in. We've got another interesting interview for you guys today, uh, sitting down with a guy named Bradley Metrock. He owns a video game store here in Franklin called The Score. And he's a very, very smart guy. Very interesting. You know, sometimes you think you get to sit down with somebody and then be like, yes, and I own this store and it's great. And, you know, we've been here for a couple of years and that's great. And it's awesome. And I, I love it. But he it, this interview is so much more than that. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Uh, he 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 dropped some knowledge, as he said, back in the in the 90s. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to get to router real quick. How you been that there, brethren? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. I can't believe we're at episode 41. You know, last week we didn't even mention that we turned 40. I know. I I think that was a milestone. I mean, isn't that usually when you have to go to the doctor and like, (laughs) it's that, it's yeah. Proctologist. It's that, it's it's, that check. Yeah. It's that, it's, it's, Hey, you're 40. Bend over. It's one of those. (laughs) Uh, I can't believe it, man. We've been doing it. It's 41. 41 episodes. I'm really excited. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, week was good. Uh, finally got my uh, Last of Us on, what was that, Wednesday of last week? Um, still didn't play it until I just... I think I got it on Wednesday. Yeah, I think, I think Hall, you and I were on the same shipping path because of our locations. But um, week's been good. Work has just been killing me. I've been getting up every morning at like four o'clock in the morning to try and get some stuff done and then working through the day, um, redoing our dining room. So I was paint, uh, we're starting to paint. I had to patch the walls and ceilings and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, my in-laws are closing and moving in, in their new home this weekend. There so you I'm, go. Yeah. I'm super excited for them. So they are, they will officially be Tennesseans come this weekend. So that'll be cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Wife's good. Piper's good. She has a little bit of an ear infection again, but she's actually, it doesn't seem to be stopping her. She's still full throttle, but um, yeah, things are good. And I, um, 
like I said, I just started The Last of Us yesterday. Yeah, and you beat That's Borderlands, it. right? Yes, yes. Sorry, I beat Borderlands 2. Um, Hall freaking loved that game. That was a great game. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it was it was just a lot of fun. I think I did almost all of the side missions, except for there was like one or two that I just, I tried. It, it's one of those timing ones, and I was like, ah, forget it. I got other things to do. But it's a great game, and Gabe, I'm, you have to play. So I've got it here, Shoot. and you're going to... You're gonna have to play it at some point because I right. think you'll like it. I hope. I, I mean, yeah, it's a lot better than the first one as far as the mechanic. Yeah, the, the mechanics, the, the, the mechanics ability. are better. I didn't mind the first one, but now that I've played the second one, I'm like, yeah, this is a little bit better. Uh, it's just an improvement from everything, but it's it was a fun game. But um, mm-hmm. loving those pulse elites, man! I cannot tell you how much that's changed my life. It's just it like everything just sounds incredible. And nice. and you're right, man. Starting The Last of Us, uh, I am like, I mean, you just hear everything, and it just sounds so good. And man, the voice acting is is just great. And it ridiculous. It's just it's it. You know what? It's like carefree. It's like they just sat in the booth and they just they they just rolled with it. And it was it doesn't sound forced. It doesn't sound scripted. It's just boom. It's like really natural and very human. It's a real testament to the writing yeah. of how, you know what I'm saying, how good the writing is because uh, I was watching an interview with Troy uh, Barker, I think his name is, the guy that voiced Joel, and um, he he was just saying when the writing's that good, it makes it so much easier, which yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, the story so far is incredible. Right now, just where I'm at and. And, you know, there's no spoilers. I've just I've met Ellie and we're we're getting out of the zone that we're in. So um, that's that's how far along I haven't gotten that far. But I'm basically just trying to dedicate an hour in the morning just to sit down, play it. And then once my hour's up, then I just stop. And I love that they, there's not a whole lot of loading time. I mean, it's just it's a beautiful looking game. I'm I'm just the more I'm playing it, the more I'm just getting excited about it. There you go. Troy Baker. I'm sorry. I said Barker. Troy Baker. Troy no, Baker. It's, it's all good. Go look him up. He does a bunch of stuff. He's awesome. Yeah, so that's so that's been me, man. Work and, and The Last of Us. I love that. Hall, I want yours to sound very similar to that. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I mean, um, yes, Last of Us. Got it on Wednesday of last week. Um well, I didn't really talk about work, but uh, work work is the same. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I got it on Wednesday, and I've been playing it pretty loud, so I can have a similar experience. I haven't bought a headset yet, but I'll be there soon. So. You don't need a headset, though. I, I kind of do need a headset, because I would like to play in the morning, probably, too. Mm. And you can't do that very loud, so... No, it's a good time to play, man. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, really enjoying the game, man. They they grip you right away, shoot, like right boy. from the start, man. I'm telling you, yeah. Without spoiling anything, wow. <laughs> yeah the the first ten minutes, you're like an emotional basket case. By the end, you're like, holy crap, what's going on? Yeah, it's like the yeah. first ten ten minutes of Up, where they just like exactly grab your heart and destroy <laughs> yep. it. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. good. But yeah, uh, 
so far so good. I think I'm ar- around the same place Tim is. So you know, you meet up with Ellie. That's not a spoiler. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're hanging out with a girl the whole game. Ah, now I don't even want to play it. Uh, that's it. I'm yeah, out of here. No, it's <laughs> yeah, man. The, the it's a lot of fun. The the controls don't don't necessarily remind me too much of Uncharted. Like right off the bat, right. Um, there's definitely some similarities, though. It's kind of cool. Like once you played a Naughty mm-hmm. Dog, once you played a Naughty Dog game, you know that like the the triangle is going to be kind of your your big friend for picking up everything. And you know, there's mm-hmm. I, I noticed a few things here and there, and it's just it's it's actually comforting. It's like oh, okay, I'm I'm back with these guys. It's a different you know it's a different game, but it, the mechanics are somewhat similar. Yeah, it's kind of like follow the yellow the yellow ledge. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, if you look for the yellow ledge, then you kind of know that's where you need to be heading to. Yeah, and I like that it's a little slower of a game. I mean, mm-hmm. I did get into it was funny because I did get into one section where I just had to run until I basically wore them out, and then just shoot them. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was just that was so much fun, and really, I can recommend the game to anyone. It's it's well worth a day one purchase just it's it's a lot of fun and it's a lot it, it kind of takes a lot of the the things from games over this generation and puts them into one package mm-hmm. so i think that that's that's one thing that's cool about coming out at the end of the generation is that they can take all of that stuff that they've learned from developing you know three other games and it, they they just did uncharted one through three right that was it. No, Naughty Dog's done other games. No, I'm saying this generation. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they took what they learned over developing those three games, and then they basically perfected programming for the PS3. Yep. You know, and then they take all of the the mechanics that had been learned over the course of this generation. I mean, if you play a game from 2007 and you play a game from today, they are extremely different. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's it's almost at times it's almost hard to go back and play some of those older games. Like even playing like Bioshock, that was from I think two thousand six, maybe. I mean, even playing that was like eye opening to how much stuff has changed. So right. just going back and playing that. So I'm interested to play an older game too because I posted on Twitter this past week that I found a gift card at GameStop, so I ended up getting uh, Infamous and dead space one and those are what 2008 2009 titles so i'm just i'm really curious i'm curious going back to see just how different compared to what i'm playing now uh you know five years or four or five years have gone so it'll be cool it's very interesting to see the way it progresses because basically you have somebody come out with a game and then everybody says, oh, that was a really good idea, but they can't implement it for another two or three years because you know they're working <laughs> right. on another game yeah so. um the the thing i i keep just getting tripped up on i took it to i went to to a co-write yesterday and the guy was calling i was like hey what time can you do he's like two o'clock i was like cool he's like hey can you bring the last of us with you i was like uh heck yeah i can <laughs> and so i took it over to him and got to watch him play like and the done. first 15 minutes yeah got to watch him play the like the first 15 minutes of the game and sitting back and watching someone else play it i was like this game looks freaking good, man. Yeah, it does. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It looks so good, gracious. So it's it's definitely like that progression that you've seen on the on the PlayStation. You're like, 
shoot, man, this next generation is about to be ridiculous because we already think that stuff looks ridiculous. And when they're going to be pushing that to the limit in like three, four years from now, it's going to be crazy. It, it will be. I can't wait. I'm, re- I'm really hoping for better frame rates next generation, you know, frame rates yeah. that don't get stopped up or anything. Oh, you'll get it. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll get it. Um, I did want to mention before we go on the the sound of The Last of Us. A lot of people have commented on that. The I think there's an interview with the composer, and that's through, I believe that's through Sony. I think I watched it on one of their like news feeds or something. And then there's a SoundWorks collection. Uh, there's an actual video, and they go behind the sound of The Last of Us. And that's on uh, SoundWorks website, soundworkscollection.com. Uh, mm. Let's put that up. So that's something to look at if you're if you're really interested in the audio of The Last of Us. Yeah, it's it awesome. sounds so good. Mm. You know, it's funny. Like even when you're walking with your backpack, like you hear the shuffle of the backpack on your back. And I think he's wearing like where I'm at. He's wearing jeans. I think that he does that throughout the game. But you hear like the swooshing. And he's either running or walking. I mean, they thought of everything. Mm. I totally agree. Definitely, Mister Patillo, you're up. How was your week? Um, it was good. I had shows this weekend and then got home on Sunday. And, you know, my PS3 has been broken since for like a week and a half. And uh, and then so luckily for me, when we got our bus, it had a PlayStation on it. Oh, that's awesome. And so I was like, oh, snap. Um, This is last weekend, Father's Day weekend. And so that's the only way I got to play Last of Us is because um, I had gotten it when we came home for Father's Day and got to play it on the bus. And so when I came home, I couldn't play it. And so I've just kind of been like, you know, iOSing here and there and candy crushing and scouring Craigslist. And um, finally, this last uh, Sunday, I stumbled on a great deal on Craigslist. Um, so I went and got me a, I got a super slim. Sweet. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize you said super slim. I thought it was just a slim. I thought it yeah, was just a the slim super too. slim. And, uh, it's sexy as all get out and it's small. So I think where before, when I had to take my PlayStation on the road, cause I had the fatty, I had to like <laughs> use a totally separate two duffel bags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I literally had to take another suitcase, like another carry-on size roller bag. And uh, I leave tonight for Virginia. Like, we leave at like 6.30 because the drive is so long. Oh, yeah. And so we'll go from Virginia to Ohio to Dallas to oh, Nashville. So that's like, that's the driving we're about to do over the next weekend. And so I'm taking Last of Us and something else because I know I'll probably beat it on this trip. Dude, take the Last of Us. So much. Take the Last of Us and Skyrim because those two, because you're going to have a lot of driving to do. So that's, those are two perfect, perfect long games that you can just sit down and do. Here's the problem. My PlayStation went all, you know, yellow light of death on me. So I don't have any of my saved games anymore. Oh, no. Because I'm an idiot and I never trust servers, quote unquote. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the old school in me that doesn't trust servers. So I've never backed my used games up to the server from my PlayStation Plus account. And so um, the only reason I had Last of Us 
was because I, uh, when I was on the bus, I was like, you know what? I know I'm switching consoles. So let me get the USB, my USB stick and put it, put my save game on there and then put that on my new slim. So I don't get any trophies and stuff, but at least I get to pick up where I left off. I thought I was going to have to start. Oh, over, I see but what I don't. you're saying. So you couldn't, you couldn't sync up your profile on that other machine. Exactly. Exactly. So, but I'm okay with it. So all that to say, I was probably, I was a good couple hours into Skyrim and I probably won't restart that game. Yeah. That's probably. So smart. I'm thinking, I'm thinking after I beat last of us, probably this weekend, uh, I'll just dive into XCOM. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a that is a good choice, man. Oh gosh, that game is good. <laughs> aren't you jealous? Like, aren't you jealous when you've beaten something already and somebody's gonna go back and play it? You're like, oh man, I wish I could replay that game. I really I'm, wish I could. It was that good. I played the first time I played it for some reason it didn't save. Oh, that's, that's right. right. I remember that. I played for four hours and it didn't save, and I really was not that upset. <laughs> Hey, you can get it. For, you go. You can get it for free now. PS Plus. I downloaded. Yes, that's it. right. That's right. So I can't wait to play that. Um, router. I got it. Hit us up. That's me. That's me. Pretty much. Perfect. New releases this week. We got a couple of them. Best of PlayStation Network Volume One for the PS3. Um, I have no idea what's on there. I just found it and listed it. Uh, Company of Heroes Two is getting a, a reboot, and uh, it's going to be on PC. Uh, the, I think the the bigger one that people are reviewing and talking about is Deadpool. That comes out for the PC, Xbox, and PS3. Uh, Miramasa Rebirth for the Vita. Phantom Breaker for the Xbox 360. Project X Zone for the 3DS. And Lego Legends of Shima, Laval's Journey for the 3DS and Vita. There you go. So... There you have it. So that's new releases. I think the the bigger one out of all of those is, is Deadpool, and I don't know how I feel about that yet. I haven't watched or, or read any reviews about it, but I know it's been been kind of an up and down uh, thing with with that game. Um. Anyway, so top selling games week ending June fifteenth. What do you think was number one? Luigi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, of course, I want it to be Last of Us. And you are—you would be correct, sir. The Last of Us comes in at number yes, one. Yes, sir. 462,000 units in its first week, so that's great. I'm really curious to see if that—I have a feeling that's going. this is going to have some staying power based on all of the press and reviews and acclaim it's gotten already. Mm. So, so, yeah, that's a great starting debut. Um, man, but here's another one. Number two, another 3DS game comes out and rocks it. Animal Crossing, New Leaf. Oh, yeah, I knew that would do well. Golly, people love Animal Crossing. I've never played it because it sounds so boring. I know, right? <laughs> That's what I yeah, think, I've too. Never, like, I've never played it either, but I, I have heard it's just kind of a, what what is it, like a sim farm type of thing? I, I literally have I zero have idea. idea. I've, but I know that I think on the Wii, it you were able to talk to other people as you played like over voice. That's kind of cool. And I think that's what people really liked about, about that. I know that my, one of my neighbor's wives played it and she used to play it all the time. I, I think it's 
probably just another one of those, you know, kind of vill kind of games. That's one of those games where I can support cross game chat if it's a little boring, like you say. Yeah. Or yeah. it seems mundane or whatever. I mean, I'm sure it's all about the micromanagement. Like, I've been playing this iPhone game. I've been addicted to this iPhone game called MLB Big Win. <laughs> and all you do is manage a baseball team. So, you don't even play it? What's that? Do you even play it? Do you play you, the game? You don't game? play the game. You just manage the team. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably way more boring of a game. So, But I, I can understand where the management thing is fun. So, Right, right. Just yeah, I, used to roller to, I used to be a roller coaster tycoon guy myself. Nice. You know, I mean, it's interesting because so Animal Crossing is number two. It did three hundred and twenty three thousand units. Oh versus, my gosh! So I mean, that's what was surprising. It's like oh, it's only a hundred and thirty five thousand less than The Last of Us. So you know what? These these kind of family fun, you know, non adventure, non serious kind of games, people are buying them and still loving them. So. I got to be honest, if I had a 3DS, I'd probably get it. Like, I, just to try it out. Sure. I might get a 3DS. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, not. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I see, I feel like I'm really missing out. I mean, there are just, there are one, two, there are three 3DS games in the top 10 this week. That's, that's good. That's impressive. I'm, I'm pretty impressed by that. So let me run down the rest of them. So number three was um, Minecraft for the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Number four, Call of Duty Black Ops 2. What? Again. Yeah. Uh, yep. I'm telling you, all those go- the Call of Duty Ghosts trailers are probably the the word of mouth and the culprit of getting people to to buy these uh, older games too. Because also uh, Batman Arkham City came in at number seven and 10. And I think that's because of the trailers, because I've seen TV commercials now for Batman, uh, Arkham, Arkham origin, or I said it again, Arkham oranges. oranges. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I love it. Um, number five was donkey Kong country. Uh, six was called duty seven. Batman. I has already said eight Luigi's mansion, uh, nine just dance Four, and number 10, uh, was Batman Arkham city. So there you have it. Top selling games for the week. I like it. Way to go, Naughty Dog. Yeah. Just Dance 4. That's so funny. So on one hand, you've got Black Ops 2. On the other hand, you've got Just Dance 4. Yep. Two games that couldn't be more different from each other. And are probably in the same household all over the country. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Hall, you have anything before we get to this interview real quick? Uh. No, I I just for some reason I pictured in my head a just dance game with dancing Call of Duty guys. <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, uh, I do, and you dance to Call of Duty music. <laughs> Can That's someone perfect. please make that happen? <laughs> with like explosions behind you. <laughs> you almost get that at at the end of, and I don't want to talk too much about it because I I don't for anybody who hasn't seen it they need to go see it. But at the end of the campaign, I think on Black Ops Two. You get a taste of that if that wow. lets anybody's appetite to beat the campaign and stay after the awesome. after the credits. Wow, I'm just gonna have to go watch it. Yep, it's crazy. If you if you if you don't want to freaking beat the game, or if you're close to beating Black Ops Two on the campaign, just w- wait till the end of the credits. It goes way left turn. <laughs> wow, <laughs> way That's way awesome. left. I remember being like, "Why are they even doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> oh um, boy. I wanted to say uh, 
real quick, just because we're talking about Last of Us. Ellen Page is kind of in the news tied to The Last of Us a little bit, um, saying that uh, she feels like they might have ripped off her image a little bit um, for the Ellie character. I can see that. It is such a coincidence that they named her a similar name, too. That's a little weird. I know Ellie, Ellen. Yeah, they definitely are both uh, young-looking white ladies with brown hair. Um, The thing, though, I thought was interesting was if you look at some of the stories out about it, they've kind of changed the way Ellie looks over time. And she looks way less... Way less like Ellen Page than she used to. She used to really look like Ellen Page, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, kind of like with powdier lips and things like this. Or she has powdier lips now, and Ellen Page doesn't have powder, something like that. But um, I thought it was really interesting. But I think playing the game, I don't get Ellen Page from Ellie's character. Neither what do I. Guys, yeah, would you guys agree? I I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. So uh. Yeah, I think if you're playing as El, uh, playing The Last of Us and Ellie's there running around and saying stuff to you, I don't think you get the Ellen Page feel. But I think, of course, you could probably take a picture and put another picture of Ellen Page next to it and you kind of feel it. But I don't feel like they like ripped her off as a character, but maybe ripped her off as somebody uh, familiar to us. Well, when the first little bit of this game came out, like everybody said that so right. where was she then yeah <laughs> right doing beyond two souls and not worried about it yeah i think so but now that she's in a video game i think that it's taking away the thunder because you feel like you've seen ellen page in a video game already when she probably wanted this to be her coming out you know hmm. right anyway uh router you have anything before we hit this interview no man i'm, I'm anxious to to let our listeners hear this interview well let's do it Gabe Patillo at the score. So I'm sitting here with Bradley Metrock in the middle of cool springs in the score right that's right thank you for being on the show yeah no problem i'm happy to be here yeah man um so we are surrounded by video games this is pretty awesome and this is where you work it is you know (laughs) i've owned the score for five years um we built up a loyal following Mm -hmm. with our retail store that's extended into our scorecon convention that we run every year yes and we've been fortunate you know, our, our, our sphere of influence has grown well beyond the store. And, mm-hmm. uh, but we're happy because we've been able to serve Nashville, the greater Nashville area, for, for the last five years. I, I was thinking about that as I was driving over. I was like, man, the score's been there for a while. You've seen places right and left of you come and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking, Bradley's a brave man. You're in the middle of Cool Springs. It's not cheap to be here. Sure. Um, like I say, companies have been coming and going. The economy. You're surrounded by like three or four Game Stops. Mm-hmm. Why? Why here in the middle of Franklin? When I started this company, and I knew that we were going to have a brick and mortar retail presence, I wanted to do something high profile. Mm. Um, I wanted that visibility. 
I wanted this store to be a platform for some of the things I knew I would go on and do, you know, Video Games the Family, the book that I've written, mm -hmm. uh, that's on Amazon, by the way, um, you know, and, and speaking engagements and some other things that, that I've been able to do. I, I wanted the visibility. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be tucked off in a corner just to dodge, <laughs> right? You know, uh, some rip. and to die off. That's right. Really, if you were tucked away, probably. Sure. And um, if you're going to do something in life, you can't worry about your competition. You just need to go out and execute and do the best that you can do. And if you do the best that you can do, and if it's interesting and compelling enough, you're going to have customers. You're going to you're going to be fine. Sure. And uh, and so yeah, we started the business in the teeth of a recession. We opened in January 2009, oh uh, and we started this store in the teeth of GameStop land, you mm -hmm. know, because there, yeah. there are three yeah. of them here. There was a Game Crazy in Brentwood that went out of business shortly after we opened, and um, but we survived. You know, we, we've done well. And I would imagine being across from a high school doesn't hurt. You know, we get a lot of centennial traffic, but we also get a lot of traffic from the seven or eight other high schools that are within a 10-minute driving yeah. radius as well. Um, you know, we built up, we're just lucky, we built up a, a loyal following among gamers of all ages. Sure, sure. Um, how happy were you when they, obviously the people listening don't know Franklin, but how happy were you when the interstate exit got put, like, right down the street? Oh, it was great. You know, we... <laughs> We tried to choose a spot that we would grow into mm -hmm. and that Cool Springs would grow toward. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, we didn't want to just pay the utmost premium. You know, we wanted to be smart about it. Right. And, and, and we chose a spot that we thought would be at the center of things to come. Mm -hmm. and, and we did that pretty, we ended up doing that pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, have you always been in love with gaming was that a, a childhood thing or was that something you grew into i've always been a gamer my dad introduced me to gaming at an early age mm -hmm. um be it donkey kong in the arcade <laughs> or uh some games on pc you know in the mid 80s you yeah. know right when that was kind of uh getting rolling and um what was interesting about that is that my parents then resisted getting me and my brother a video game system for a while, mm. uh, an original Nintendo, but we finally got one in 1988 or 89, a few years right. after it's been out. Sure. And, um, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the industry. I'm a big fan of how it's grown mm -hmm. to well larger than music and movies combined. Right. Um, and I'm excited to see where the industry goes. You know, everything is in such deep transition right now. Yeah. Um, but the industry will work its way out of it, and whether brick-and-mortar retail is part of it re will remain to be seen. But sure. uh, but video games will be part of American culture for a long, yeah. long time. It seems like it always has, but it seems, you know, it dove off for a little while, and then it'll come back, and it'll kind of go away. And come, you know, the, the arcade era was huge, mm -hmm. and then as they kind of went into consoles, people were like, wait, 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 wait. You know what I'm saying? And now the arcade is barely around mm -hmm. you know we talk uh me and the guys talk all the time about missing that uh community but it seems like especially with the new playstations and xboxes coming out everything's geared towards social but not necessarily in the same room kind of social mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh couch co-op is something we talk about a lot missing yeah couch co-op is dead <laughs> and, and it, it's it's unfortunate yeah because 
I can't tell you how many customers come in mm-hmm. saying, I'm looking for something split screen. I'm looking for something co-op. Really? What, what's there? What's there on 360? What's there on PS3? Yeah. And I'm like, ah, uh, Call of Duty. Halo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the reality is that, um, you know, there's probably a list of five to ten solid couch sure. co-op games mm-hmm. for the 360, mm-hmm. which is the dominant platform, right? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's Blur. Mm-hmm. There's Dungeon Siege 3. Um, there's some ones that people don't necessarily think about. You know, As Minecraft yeah. is a good addition. Yeah, sure. Now, see, we're pretty familiar with that because it's so relevant to our parties that we hold. Yeah, yeah. You guys have an awesome setup in here. I remember the first time I walked in, I was like, what is this huge, giant black encasing in the middle of the store? But you guys hold tournaments here. We do. We we hold a lot of our own events uh, mm-hmm. and tournaments and whatnot, and we do a, a, a large volume of private parties. Be it oh, okay. birthday parties, youth groups, corporate events, etc. Sure. And over the last five years, we've had a lot of success in doing that. And, and just so your listeners know, you know, I'm in the middle of selling this store, mm-hmm. uh, or else I'll close it uh, because I'm ready to move on and pursue some other opportunities. Mm. Uh, and I'm, in all likelihood, I will remain in the industry. Sure. Uh, but um, you know, we've had a great five years, and part of that great five years has been just a ton of parties mm-hmm. uh, because party business you know we earn that revenue but we also sell gifts and gift cards before and after and yeah. then we engender loyalty after delivering a great party that keeps people coming back sure. so, so it's been good and your tournaments i was thinking about this last night and what what makes you decide we're going to do this game tournament just because you know how popular the game is or it's some yeah uh if we have experience running it, um, if we know that there will be a turnout, um, sure. a reasonable expectation of a turnout, um, those are the things that we'll look for. You know, I mean, because mm-hmm. when we started the business, I did tournaments and all sorts of crazy stuff, and no one showed up. <laughs> yeah. And so it became like, <laughs> why, why would I run a tournament anymore in, say, FIFA? Which is a popular game. Yeah, super popular. Yeah, that people always ask for tournaments for. But How do you as, lay that as, out? You, as you learn when you run a business, just because someone asked for something and just, the words out of someone's <laughs> mouth do not always match yeah. what it is that they will so do. So true, yeah. And so the fact of the matter is really the tournaments that people turn out for are fighting game tournaments, either yeah. hardcore stuff like Injustice or uh, more casual leaning stuff like Smash. Mm-hmm. Um or um, first-person shooter events like a Halo or Call of Duty. Yeah. I remember a couple months ago, gosh, it might have been like eight, nine months ago now, me and my wife were looking at the website, and I was kind of looking at the tournaments, and I was thinking, what in my gaming library would I be confident enough (laughs) to go to a tournament and get whooped by a nine-year-old at? Do you have a game that you're like, I can hold my own pretty well in this game. I can hold my own decently in Black Ops 2. Really? Yeah. That's Um, a hard game to do that. It is. You know, um, now, any MLG or pro pro gamer, Mm -hmm. and I use that word, you know, just loosely, (laughs) um, you know, would... I would probably lose to those gamers, you know, nine out of ten times. Oh, okay, but but on Xbox Live, you know, playing with a group of friends, I can I can you hold my own. Wreck shop. 
See, I was thinking more Dr. Mario was more where we fell. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I will kill you in Tetris. <laughs> me and my wife, I was like, man, if they have a females only Dr. Mario thing, I think my wife could come and, and do all right. Oh, yeah. Because we love that game. No, I, any any thinking man's game, I, good I, at that I, I give myself, myself a shot. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, so even though you're selling the store, which mm-hmm. is super sad, um, we all know the Xbox announcement of how they are redoing their policies. I don't want to say reversing, but redoing some of their policies when it comes to used games. Um, how does that feel as a as the owner of a store? Are you like, oh, good, or were you excited enough about what they were offering that you were like, well, I'd like this to move forward? Does the business side of you and the the gamer side of you conflict on some of those things? There's been many things over the years where the gamer side of me and the business side of me have been in conflict. Sure. With the Xbox One, everything is in harmony. Really? Yeah, and it's hating the system. (laughs) You know? Um, from 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 a gamer standpoint, I've been a 360 gamer since launch. Okay. It is very upsetting to me, to put it mildly, that I can't port my Xbox Live Arcade games, which are just digital zeros and ones, over to the Xbox One. Can I just say that that makes zero sense to me? Yeah. I have no idea why they would do that. Mm. It makes no sense to me either, and it angers me, it angers me greatly. And what it's done is it's done two things. Number one, it's put in question whether I will purchase an Xbox One. Number sure. two, it's made me immediately stop buying Xbox Live Arcade games right now. Right. Because um, you're like, well, I won't spend the money on stuff I might not get to. That's exactly right. So so that's had negative effects mm-hmm. for me in terms of Microsoft. Now, the, you know, they've gone, you know, all the policies and then they reversed all the policies. You know, all that's well documented. So they still have a problem. And it's a public perception and trust problem. So if they're going, that to, really took like five days. It feels like you know what I'm saying. It oh, seems it, like yeah. I mean, it seems like boom, boom, and everyone's like, oh, I don't know about this Xbox. I feel like, wait, you guys love Microsoft and Xbox. What happened so quickly? It you was know? it was ridiculous, and it sh- it's very telling of how out of touch the company is. Mm. That that number one, they would actually put those policies in place. Number two, it would take so long post E3 or even leading up to E3 to to reverse their stances on some of those issues. Right. Um, but, you know, I think what people are saying is true. You know, they took a look at the pre-orders um, on Amazon and places like that, you know, Walmart or wherever. And, um, I mean, the writing was on the wall. Right. They were, they were going to get killed. Yeah. It was surprising to see how long it took them to reverse course. Mm. So now they're going to do what they need to do to sell systems Right. And, and then they will feel free to change whatever policies they want <laughs> right. once you've spent that 500 bucks. Right. It's um, a lot of money. It is. And $500 was already a problem unto itself. And it, it, it right. still remains a problem heading yeah. into the November launch because... Um, it's Christmas time. Yeah, well... You know what I'm saying? I know everybody always launches something at Christmas. But 500 bucks at Christmas is a lot of money. Historically, you know, if you take a look at the last 20 or 30 years of gaming, mm-hmm. $500 is pretty much the glass ceiling of pricing. 
You price sure. you price over five hundred bucks for your new console, forget it. No one's buying it. Period. Mm-hmm. You just you just might as well go home and call it a day. If you price at five hundred, people will consider your system, but that's a tough sell. Yeah. Uh, you know, three or four hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. Now it becomes a matter of what games do you have. <laughs> so the challenge for right. Xbox One at the five hundred dollar price point is that there is now a very high bar. For the launch lineup, mm-hmm. and people are not going to be willing. Unlike the 360, which had a weak launch lineup, with the Xbox One at five hundred, but launched bucks, by itself. You know, the Xbox no, that's true. 360 didn't launch right yeah. alongside of the PS3. No, absolutely. So we'll touch on that. Yeah. So, but the, the Xbox One at five hundred bucks, no one's going to buy that without a strong launch lineup. So they 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 right. put themselves in a the corner with that. Um, now, you're right. With the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 coming out, literally within a week or two, you know, they haven't finalized the release dates, right. but it's pretty clear there's been rumors, you know, the PS4 is the 5th of November and the Xbox One is the 13th. We'll see how true that ends up being. But, um, you know, these systems are coming out right on top of each other. And so <laughs> it's a zero-sum game. Yeah. Whatever system sales Sony takes away from Microsoft... Whatever system sales Microsoft takes away from Sony, there's a fixed number of total system sales that will occur in the United States of America sure. and worldwide during the fourth quarter. And there, there, no one, very few people are going to buy both. You know, you'll right. have people who buy both. Yeah. But it's, it's not going to be especially around here in Franklin. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, it, but there's not going to be that many. Yeah. And so you're talking about either people are going to buy one, or they're going to buy none. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and so everything you do as a Microsoft or Sony is compared through the prism of competition, mm-hmm. and um, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be super interesting because I was thinking, it seems like X Microsoft has given a lot of people given people a lot of reason to look at the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the PlayStation has given their fans the same go ahead to look at Xbox One. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. Um, there's still a lot that we don't know yeah. about these two systems. Everything is just... every Everyone has gotten so caught up in the used game, you know, the used game policies and the always-on internet that we haven't been able to really get down in the weeds and demand more explanation from both Sony and Microsoft on mm-hmm. some of the little details that have gotten rushed aside. For example, Sony was very clear in their briefing in February, I believe it was in February, Yeah, um, that PlayStation Network, on PlayStation Network, you as a gamer will have to use your real name. Hmm. That's a huge detail. That could be the headline of articles from here until November. That's interesting. But it hasn't been talked about. And why? Because Microsoft has been so stupid... (laughs) That they've, sure. that they've dominated the discussion with some of their policies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact of the matter is that's a, a very controversial thing to try to do. Mm. Um, you know, it's funny. I've always, uh, you know, you, you you get this with Google. You've got it, obviously, with uh, the Connect and the Always On. And you're like, is this going to be recording my house? And it's funny because I've never even thought, oh, man, i got to use my real name. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even though I have the stupidest 
stupidest gamer tag that I made four or five years ago. And I'm like so glad to be rid of it. <laughs> but I've never thought of that as a real real problem. Like somebody's going to come find me. Sure. You know. Well, people are so, uh, you know, justifiably uptight in sure. this day and age yeah. about privacy and security concerns mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that uh, people are going to want an explanation on yeah. why Sony now feels compelled to change what was one way with PlayStation 3 and now it's going to be another way with PlayStation 4. Right. Another thing, um, you know, is I have no idea whether the 360, whether 360 Xbox Live gamers and Xbox One Xbox Live gamers will be able to play games or even talk to one another or any interact at all. Um, Uh, You know, that's interesting. And they haven't explained that. Um, you know, and and I get that nothing ports over to the Xbox One, and Xbox One's not fabric compatible to 360, which I don't like. But at least both systems are equal in that regard. Yeah. They could do it though. They could. Yeah, the, the stuff is what is, is what's annoying. The stuff, <laughs> the excuses that are being made about the architecture being different and this, that, and the other, like not allowing games to be backward compatible, is total BS. Isn't it? Total BS. I mean, what 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 does it save you to not to make it? Backwards compatible will probably cost them like $5. Well, let me tell you something. If you're Microsoft or you're Sony, mm-hmm. you're these billion-dollar companies. Right. If you want to do something, by God, you can do it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you if you want to tell a team of engineers, hey, you, you're going to make the Xbox One backward compatible to Xbox 360. They're going to make the Xbox One backward compatible to Xbox 360. Right. Period. From the get-go. Yeah. So... People, the people out there, the fanboys or whoever it is that's perpetuating the, the, the myth that the architecture prevents them from making these systems backward compatible... Is ridiculous. Yeah, they should stop doing that. Blu-rays um, players read CDs. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you know, I've got a good friend of mine that works for Intel, and, and we talk about this all the time. If a, if a major tech company wants to do something uh, and have... T- groups of technology talk to one another, um, short of a licensing issue being the problem, mm-hmm. um, it can happen. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's unfortunate that the Xbox One won't be backward compatible, but even they haven't gone into any detail on whether the two two can even talk to one another um, mm. via party chat or whatever. Right. Because if they don't do that, then all of a sudden they open the window up for PlayStation Network to really close that gap further because the story of this last generation of consoles has been Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 both got off to rocky starts. Hmm. Um, The Xbox 360 was rushed to market and had terrible problems, uh, notably the Red Ring of Death that led to Microsoft having to set a billion dollars aside as a company to handle warranty and repair issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually it found its way thanks to Xbox Live. Um, sure, you know, really emerging as a uh, obviously best in class right. online network, yeah, um, which was better, yeah, than the PSN, yeah, uh, way more stable, mm-hmm. um, uh, way and more. probably because it costed money, yeah, you know sure. what I'm saying. Since they have money going coming in, they can spend more money on getting sure. it right. You get what you pay for, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, meanwhile, the PlayStation Three was defined by the fact that the the hardware was so out in left field, the cell processor, um, that no one knew how to program for it, and Sony didn't right. take the measures to to walk and coach 
their developers with mm -hmm. it. They didn't have the resources. In Here place you to go, do that. make a game for it. Sure. And yeah. um, and so while the PlayStation Three was good for things such as like the Navy buying like thousands of them and linking them together to form like a supercomputing brain, which they did. You should Google that. Huh. Um, it took developers a while, twelve to eighteen months after launch, to really understand how to program for sure. it. You know, the first big title I think was Metal Gear Solid Four, mm. which. Metal Gear Solid 4, of course, could be released today, and most people wouldn't know the difference. You know, they would think that's current gen because sure. it's so groundbreaking in terms of the graphics. Right. So, but the PS3 also had, hey, play your PS2 games on here. At first, it did to ease the woes of like, sure. hey, they don't know how to make games yeah. for this just yet. Well, they they started with that, and then they cut that out as a cost right. cutting cost cutting uh, maneuver. But uh, you're right, it did. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and even, you know, most people don't even realize PlayStation 3s can play PlayStation 1 games. I didn't know any, all of them? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I've been playing my Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it may be, it may be, um, I don't know if you have to be connected to PlayStation That's really interesting. Or not, I didn't but know yeah, that. yeah, they can. So, um, you know, when people look back at this generation of consoles, they'll see that Xbox 360 got off to, you know, they, they launched first. And, um, and you know, they won this console cycle. Yeah. But PlayStation 3 has been gaining momentum sure. for the last couple of years. Sure. And, and they've really narrowed the gap to where now Microsoft didn't have a lot of room to do this stupid stuff like they thought that they did. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, all of these policies came from clear, you know, Microsoft arrogance that they are so... Which was flip-flop last time. Sure. They were so far ahead of Sony, and they had dominated this current console cycle to such an extent mm. that they can call all the shots. When the reality sure. is that Sony had closed the gap enough to where, when Microsoft introduced these things, people just caused an uproar. Mm -hmm. And for, not only did they speak out, they didn't pre-order the system. Right. Which is the big thing. Don't let anybody say, you know, Microsoft is doing this for any other reason other than some bean counter is looking at a spreadsheet that shows them they are getting killed. <laughs> right. Hey, we got to do something. Sure. So it's, even if people were complaining, but they were still selling systems, they wouldn't have switched the policy. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. All about that green bag. Absolutely. This is Microsoft we're talking about. <laughs> exactly, know. yeah. This, this, and Sony's not above it. No, they're not. You know, yeah. anybody would do it. Sure, they would. But, uh, you know, Microsoft has a larger... And this is where the difference in the two companies comes into play. Microsoft um, has a larger strategy at work spanning PCs and operating systems. Of course. As well as, as, well as other devices. And... Um, they have more wheels turning. Maybe. Sony used to be a lot more diversified of a company. And really over the last five years, really during the PS3 cycle, mm -hmm. you know, they've sold off a lot of assets and things like that. And, um, you know, gaming, this PlayStation 4 is really, really important to mm. Sony. Yeah. You know, whereas it's very important, you know, the Xbox One is very important to Microsoft too, but... Not not on the same level. Sure. Um, so that's that's kind of an interesting difference. But you know, both these systems don't want to get. Both these companies are not used to getting shown up by <laughs> right. anybody. anybody. Yeah. And, um, Except and, the mini disc. Sony was okay. ready for that. <laughs> they brought out the mini disc. Um, like, uh, that's, shoot. That's why this 
there's so much drama yeah. heading into November, and you can count on both of these companies holding an ace in their back pocket. They're sure. gonna, they're going to try to pull something out last minute. Whether that, it's backwards compatibility could be sure that for it, somebody. it could be that 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 the other competitor can't possibly adjust to not in time in the eleventh hour. Yeah, and so um, it might be a pack-in game. It might be some feature of the online network that no one's thought about. It might be some cable integration with the Xbox One, some partnership that hasn't been announced. Right. It might be some exclusive uh, to the console that hasn't been talked about. It could be any number of things, but trust me, you will see a... It, it's an arms race. Yeah. It's yeah. an arms race. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see who emerges victorious. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Um, so you were at E3, I'll ask you quickly. Uh, I saw you in the stupid, stupidly massive, long security line at LAX. Yes. <laughs> Leaving to get back to Nashville. No you You're hard to miss. You're a very tall man. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm pretty uh, conspicuous. And, <laughs> and it was, it was for me, it was just nice to see a friendly face. I've been walking sure. around by myself, you know, for most of the time. And uh, I was like, oh, Bradley, hey. He was like, hey, how you doing? I was like, yeah, hey, come stand here. He was like, oh, thank you, because that line had gotten long <laughs> yeah, behind me, you, and I was at the end of the line, you, I felt you, like. You saved, uh, you saved me there. Oh, you got, no, me, uh, you got me back on time. Uh, we got we to gotta look out for each other. Um, what was your favorite thing at E3? Because you were doing some different stuff. I was out gaming. You were having meetings. Yeah, I was in uh, the ESA's Games, games and Learning Roundtable all day Tuesday. Okay. And then Wednesday, I spent all day on the floor. Okay, good. Um the, my, the favorite thing I saw at E3, I saw a lot of great stuff. Um, I liked what Disney was doing with Disney Infinity. Sure. Looked really good. Looked really um, good. I'm still very confused as to what that game is, but that's okay. It's just a ripoff, basically, of, of uh, Skylanders, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. But uh, the, in terms of what the plot of the game is, I think we'll see. Yeah, sure. Um, I liked uh, what I saw at Battlefield 4. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love for Battlefield 4... To be more of a competitor to Call of Duty. Um, okay, yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, Battlefield 3 made great strides. Battlefield 3 is a yeah. great game. Yeah. And I think that if. They still had some catching up to do, though, it felt like. They did. It still felt a little old in comparison. Well, the two games are different. Yeah. Battlefield is a much more um, hyper realistic, tactical, team based game. Sure. Call of Duty is a guns blazing. Arcadey style thing when you really get down to the nuts and bolts. Take four or five play. shots and keep moving. Sure, <laughs> yeah. and so uh, so the two can coexist. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, Battlefield Four. You know, hopefully they will continue to refine it and just make it that ultimate multiplayer game it can right. be. Yeah, and it looks like that they're on their way to doing that. Yeah, um, I saw some great indie stuff. You know, uh, the ESA was doing a competition uh, between five colleges, and I saw a game that Brigham Young University had out there oh, okay. uh, that That's was cool. a finalist for this grant, their money they were giving away. Um, Nintendo's booth was excellent. It was awesome, right? Yeah, they did a great job. I liked seeing Pikmin 3. I yep. thought Pikmin 3 was probably the best thing that Nintendo had in its booth, and Nintendo's booth was one of the best things that E3 had at it. Yes. Yep. Um, and um, what, else, what else did I see? I out really there? enjoyed Mario Kart 8. I got my good. hands on Mario Kart 8, and I was like, I know it's the eighth one. Mm-hmm. But that thing was awesome. It was so much fun. I saw a trailer, uh, a closed-door trailer for a um, PC and console game called Dying Light. 
Mm. It's going to come out first quarter of next year. That looked really good. Yeah, it's another zombie game. Yeah, it's another post-apocalyptic <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. But it's it, so hot right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> it looked it looked good. Yeah. Um, what else did I see out there? It just um, the crowds were the largest I've ever seen. And excited. Yeah, the enthusiasm was at a real high level. It was very cool to see. Um, what did you not? What, what was your least favorite? We talked about this last last. Uh, a couple weeks ago, where we were each saying our favorite thing about E3 and our least favorite thing. Uh, yeah, the the least favorite thing is easy choice for me. <laughs> so, graphics card maker Nvidia, yep, um, has a new product hitting market in the next month or two mm-hmm. called the Nvidia Shield. Yep, and this thing was r- some real trash. Um, is that, was that the thing where it's like you, you is a handheld looking yeah. thing? It's a, imagine oh. if you're listening to this, a uh, iPhone or mobile type screen attached to the top of an Xbox 360 looking controller. Right. And the screen can fold up or down on top of the controller and you can carry this thing with you. And the game is huge, though, number one. Oh, it's large. Yeah, it's a large <laughs> You're not putting it in your pocket. That's a backpack you, device. Yeah, you'd have trouble putting it in your pocket, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a tweener yeah. type of device. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the, uh, the games for it are Android-based, uh, free-ish, freemium like stuff is it like type, a, of, you, type of fare. You used to say it was like a, a mobile Ouya. Yeah, I would. Um, and uh, and I asked him, uh, you know, I played Star Wars Pinball on there, and, and it was actually good. You know, it was a good game, and the resolution of the screen looked nice. It was crisp and everything, And uh, but it's something that easily would be on iOS or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I didn't understand the point. Um, and um, so I asked him at this booth where you could go and try the product out. I said, how much is this going to cost when it hits market hits retail and and they said $349 not $349 $349 $349 $50 off the new PlayStation yeah $50 less than the PS4 <laughs> oh and i just and i looked at the woman and i'm sure i had this look of disgust on my face <laughs> and she said yeah we haven't gotten a lot of positive feedback on that and um and i just laughed now what's interesting is just yesterday Nvidia came out and said Hey, guess what? We're cutting our price to two ninety nine. But I'm like, that's still that's still too still too much. This this exactly. is a, this is a uh, hundred hundred and fifty dollar device. Well, and when there's devices out there that allow you to play with a controller with your phone, yeah, you it, know, it takes a little hacking, maybe a little sure. rooting and stuff. But like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the the a controller you already have. There's not a real clear reason to own this device um, and so yeah they're they're in trouble you know and it's nvidia they never had a system before so you know maybe they just got to take their lumps you know and, and learn but um sure. i mean there's a zero percent chance i would buy it um <laughs> yeah, you know sure. and uh because it's just um and this really speaks to a larger point which was very clear at e3 it is a crowded marketplace sure it is a crowded Industry. If you have a piece of software or hardware or accessory to sell, mm. um, and the dollar, I mean, there's going to be fewer dollars this holiday season, and there, you know, just as few as there have been the last couple. Sure. You know, we're still in a stagnant economy, and uh, so you really have to bring it in terms of the value yeah. that you offer, whether you're a, a game or, or a, 
accessory or whatever. And, and one of the better things I saw, you know, which stood out in stark contrast to me, to the NVIDIA Shield, was uh, the Retron 9. Yeah. Um, which plays uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, and Game Boy Advance cartridges. I might be leaving something out, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, Hyperkin's booth out at... Um, E3, you know, they you brought a four home, right? Did you bring a four home? I brought a FC3 Plus with me to play with a friend of mine in the hotel oh, okay. room. Yeah, <laughs> so I saw I, your security had all kind of stuff in a bag. And yeah, I, like, I think that's a retro. Yeah, I brought uh, I brought a similar system with me just to play out there. Yeah, nice. But um, you know, it's a great system. I think it's a ninety nine dollar price point. They're they're trying oh. to reach with it. With a huge library of games. Oh, yeah, thousands and thousands and thousands. Yeah, uh, oh my gosh. So, you know, the marketplace isn't going to support it. It's the same thing for Xbox One or PS4 or anybody. Uh, the rules are the same. You have to you, you have to really justify the dollar or else no one's going to buy it. Yeah. Because there's so many good games out. Mm. There's been so... The story of 2012 and 2013 really for... From my standpoint, as a retail store owner, yeah. putting that hat on, there have been so many games coming out that and that people can't keep up. Sure, and, sure. and they've just given up. And, and and there's a real understanding out there that hey, there's a bunch of good stuff out. Hit up a used game store and find you something good. Yeah, or either a bargain bin at, at a Kmart or something. Yeah, uh, and. If the Xbox One and PlayStation Four aren't careful, people will not buy them, and they will continue. Right. And, and instead, they will go through an archaeological dig of what's come out in the last twenty-four to thirty-six months mm-hmm. and find those gems. Ish, yeah, those yeah. gems. This, you know, games like Mirror's Edge. Remember Shadows, me. Remember a lot me. of people don't talk about. Yeah, it, re- it, remember it, me is a great game. example. I've yeah. been playing that's a great game. Yeah, Shadows of the Damned. Mm-hmm. You know, or even go further back to a game like Catherine. You oh, know. yeah, sure, yeah. Um, there's tons of good stuff out there mm-hmm. that people have just totally missed. Uh, yeah. And um, given the fact that, again, based on history, we know that the 360 and the PS3 will not die immediate deaths. Mm-hmm. They're going to continue to live on the next year or two. Yeah, You know, Sony was making PS2 games. I think Madden 11 mm-hmm. came out on the PlayStation 2. FIFA 13. Did it really? Came out on the PS. We, we joked about it on the show. I was like, so they just made the last game for PlayStation 2. It was FIFA 13. It, I mean, it was, it's just crazy how that long crazy. that it, you know, and obviously that's a huge game, but how long it can last. Sure. So if they're not careful, uh, people will just stick with what they have. Yeah. Well, Bradley, we appreciate you sitting down with us, man. Oh, absolutely. It's good yeah. to see you. Appreciate it, Gabe. Thank right. you for having me. No problem. So that dude knows his stuff. I'll say. Bradley, thank you again for being on the show. He is a he is a smart freaking guy, man. I really need to go to that store now. Oh yeah, you've got to go. You've got to no, go. I feel like such a schmo for not going to that store yet and and <laughs> I I've driven by it a few times. I'm like, "Oh, there's the score." Like I never really knew where it was. So, mm-hmm. Bradley, we're coming for you. We're going to come see you. And uh, and support you, and it'll be fun. Yeah, and I looked at his Twitter page, and I saw like he had that post about all the stuff we took in today, and they had like a ton of classic games and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, because I know that you can get it all on the internet anyway, but it's so much more fun 
to go to the store and buy it. Right. Exactly. Um, so me and Bradley touched on it. Uh, Bradley kind of came at it from a different angle, but I think we would be irresponsible as podcasters and bringers of news if we didn't at least give our two cents on uh, the whole Xbox One flip floppy. So, um, Hall, what are your initial thoughts uh, as well? When, of course, when we recorded the podcast, they they reversed their uh, policies the next day. So all week we haven't been able to talk about it. But uh, what do you think? What's your you know initial thoughts with it? What are my thoughts on the Xbox One flippy floppy? Um, honestly, I saw this coming. I mean, like I knew that we were we were kind of you know talking about well, why would they do this and man, that really sucks that that it ended up the way it did. But, you know, if they wouldn't have flip-flopped on this, I think it would have been detrimental to the sales of the Xbox One. Sure. Yeah. Um, But, I, I mean, I'm honestly happy about it. Everybody wins. So. Kind the of. Only, yeah. Because people are still upset. That's what's so yeah, funny. People are upset. I mean, once you get a bad taste in your mouth, there's nothing you can do. Like, remember when Netflix was going to spin off their DVD service and call it Quickster and everybody got mad? Right. And they were going to start a video game service up and I got happy and then got mad again. Yeah, exactly. I did too. So, I mean, people, people never forget that kind of stuff. And honestly, their stock took a hit because of it. And their CEO had to like, do a video apology for it. I remember oh, that. Where's Xbox's right. video apology? Really? Yeah. We are sorry. <laughs> you know, just give them something. Jeez. Right, right. Yeah, the fact um, that they came out and did this in a blog post is kind of, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is a little slide of very- hand, like, yeah, well, he, well, you know, sorry you couldn't get on board with our policy, but, you know, here you go. It's such mm. a, It's such a disconnect between Microsoft and its its core audience. I think it, it, they're, they're continuously, they seem to continuously just be pulling themselves back away from these, from, from their audience and from their core gamers. Whereas I think Sony has like embraced it and is running toward them and listening to them. Well, and that's well Sony made this mistake already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's because yeah, Sony screwed it. up so bad last time. I mean, I'm exactly. not, I'm not letting them out on this. I'm just saying that it happened last gen and they came oh, out yeah. the gate really screwed up. I remember in, you know, when I had seen that the price was going to be five ninety nine, I was like, that is just arrogant. That is ridiculous. Yep. It's know, complete role reversal gen. this generation. That's mm-hmm. the weird thing. It's like a complete role reversal. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't involved or, or really uh, too interested in, in this last gen. Like I wasn't following up like I am now, but it's just from everything I've read, it's just a complete flip flop. And this is where, you know, Sony has an opportunity here to kind of take back, take back over the, their market. But I think um, just as to my point is uh, I think Bradley is spot on because he said basically Microsoft's accountant started taking a look at the pre-sales for the PS4, knowing full where they're getting smoked. And they're like, we got to do something. So they're basically, you know, abandoning you know, throwing everything off the boat to make them faster and, and you know, <laughs> lightweight. They're they're saying, you know, okay, we're going to reverse this, and you know, I still, I still think there's going to be a catch somewhere, and I think there might be a catch on the Sony side too. I don't know, but you know, I've already got everything set up 
you know, with my PS Plus account, that's already taken care of. So, you know, I'll have access to um, all the all the online games and all that stuff. You know, my foundation is already set for a nice, easy transition to PS4. And right. I don't think as if you're a, an Xbox user or, you know, I don't think it's going to be a smooth transition at all. Um, <clears throat> My thing was, I, you know, I was looking, you know, at different stories and seeing what people were saying. And I saw how mad people were getting. And so I called my Xbox buddy, you know, the, I think we all, we all got one, the guy that hates everything Sony and everything Sony <laughs> does is ridiculous and blah, 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 blah. Their movies are stupid. Their console's stupid. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. uh, so I called him and I was like, Hey, it's Gabe. What the heck is everybody so mad about? And he broke it down to me. And, uh, but the problem is, even he was still on both sides. He was like, look, I just went and bought a 360 because I was so mad about what was going on. And I think wow. the main problem they're having is a lack of communication because I think their ideas that they had were good. It's their execution of explaining it to the public that's not good. And the fact that it's so uh, popping the clutch into the next uh, generation. So let's just zoom out for a second. They wanted you to, get, to be able to buy the CD, put it in the Xbox, it install on the Xbox, you don't need the CD, and then it's tied to your account, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what ends up happening is everybody gets caught up in the, well, the used games, well, how do I get my, you know, uh, how can I let a buddy handle blah, 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 not understanding that like us original gamers, like some of us PC guys, this is the way it's always been. I bought Max Payne, I installed it on my computer, I entered the serial number, and I played it on my computer without the disc, and I couldn't give it to Hall. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't be like, here, Hall, now you play it, because it was already tied to my computer. Yeah, here's the, the, here's the problem. That mantra has existed on PC, and everybody who lives by that mantra will keep playing on the PC. They're not going to get the Xbox One. No, 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 yeah. I totally understand that, but the 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 thing that i'm saying is there's definitely a market for that yeah but what microsoft has done is they wanted to force that onto everybody all of a sudden mm -hmm. and so there's no way for us to know that it's a good idea or console gamers to know it's a good idea because number one they've never had to do it uh you know you can't go on ebay and look for used pc games like they barely exist because of registration numbers and and stuff like that and t unless you get into you know cracking stuff and things like that which, and the thing know, with the pc the too is that typically you're getting a digital download and typically it's a lot cheaper <laughs> yeah sure i mean i see a lot of pc games day one they're 35 dollars. right for sure and i totally understand that mm -hmm. so I think if Microsoft would have a year ago been like, hey, we're going to start releasing games that you can install on your Xbox 360 and started like kind of ushering that in, then maybe it could have been a step in the right direction once they did it on the one. I think people still wouldn't have liked it, but at least they could have tested it out instead of being like, we're bringing out this new machine and you're not going to be able to do X, Y and Z. Nobody looked at what you could do. They just looked at what you couldn't do and what you couldn't do is different than what they're doing. You see what I'm saying? So I don't mm -hmm. I don't oh, yeah. know necessarily that it was a terrible idea, but I think it was a terrible uh it was communicated terribly and I don't think you can do it just out of no place. It's like if I had a horse and somebody said, "Hey, use this car." And I was like, "Oh, no, I'm going to use my horse. Does the car take hay?" And they're like, "No, it takes gas." It's like, "Well, where do I get gas from?" 
well, you have to go to the gas station. Like, yeah, I'll stick with my horse. It's not that the move isn't in the right direction, but it can't be so sudden. Mm -hmm. It wasn't gradual at all. And I mean, it's just like you said, the communication thing, it's a total disconnect with the customer. Oh my gosh. That, and, and this, like I said, this reminds me exactly of Sony in the last generation Right out the gate, it was a total disconnect with customers. They said, five ninety nine, you're going to buy it anyway. Deal with it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And people were like, nope. That's kind of what I feel like they were you know, doing with the one right out the gate. They're like, it's going to have, we're going this, this route with the policies. You're going to have to use Connect. Deal with it. Yeah. Seriously. Um, uh, another thing before we jump into these questions. Uh, Bradley was saying the thing that he hated the most or what he didn't like at E3 was the NVIDIA shield, which I saw the thing. It's crazy. Um, but Apple is coming out and it's probably going to destroy the shield. So Apple's OS seven is rumored to be able to, uh, link up with third party controllers, which will ruin what NVIDIA is trying to do because they've already got a huge library of games and now they're going to be, now you're going to be able to link it up to controllers and they might come up, come out with their own controllers. But I think that's going to be a, a game changer. I would love to have a controller with my iPad to tell you the truth. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I'll take that. Yeah. Speaking I lo- of-, of course I love touch and everything, but I think just wanting to sit back and play some things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Total side note. Speaking of that, though, you you just raised a point. Uh, congratulations this uh, this week. The Ouya or Ouya or however the heck you want to say it. The Ooh, Ouya yeah. comes out. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that better. The Oh yeah comes out in the U.S. this week. So congratulations to them. Uh, we have another yeah, and console. It was like sold out everywhere. I think it was yeah. sold out on Amazon already. I'm interested to check oh. it out. Yeah, I think that'll be. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. So that's pretty cool. We've got another uh, another console. Out on the loose. Which I think that if this controller thing works out for Apple, that's they're all, they're into that market already without even trying. Done. Yep. Done deal. Because I'd much rather, I mean, hey, I'm an Android guy. I have an Android phone. I don't have a lot of Mac products. But I freaking love iOS games. Yeah. I don't really like Android games for some strange reason. I don't know if it's just because I haven't dove in as deep or they don't make it as easy to find the cool ones. But if somebody knows of some awesome droid games out there, let me know. Not that I need something else killing my battery on my S2 because the battery already sucks. Okay, router. What do you think? Should we get into it? Let's do it unless Hall's got something. Nope, let's go to questions. Sweet. Well, first off, thanks to all of our to everybody. Um, man, we're getting more and more people who are asking questions, and and thank you so much. We love we love getting these from you, and we love talking about it, and and it's a good time. Yes, all right, thank let's you, get right. Thank in. you, thank you. Let's get right into this. We got some uh, Twitter questions and then Facebook questions. The first question is really more for me. It's from uh, Bush. <laughs> of course, because the guy it, that picks the questions is like, exactly. and the first one goes directly to me. How do you stay <laughs> so handsome, Router? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, let me, you know, no, uh, it's funny just because uh, it was it was a good comment. So Bush Mackle at Bush Mackle wrote. All right. Here's a question. 
is it intentional that comments are turned off on the website? (laughs) (laughs) See, that's why I had to bring it up. I thought that was perfect. That's that was perfect. No, it's all me, and absolutely because I don't want to have to deal with all the spam that WordPress goes through. And yeah, there is a ton of spam. There's a ton. Even if you have all the the add-ons and the plugins, forget about it. I just keep comments off, and I would much rather tweet with you or Facebook or use any of these great social networks so I don't have to worry about um, spam or getting any type of, hey, you know, go get your Russian brides here kind of you know, thing. <laughs> so, and we have, we have our comments turned on, obviously, on uh, the YouTube page. Yeah. So that, that, I, I know it fine. might be a couple extra steps, but all of our episodes are on YouTube and the comments are open on there. So drop us comments there if you have something about particular shows. We would love that. Have at it. Absolutely. So I thought that was a good question. All right. Next one. Uh, at Visual Leader, Deacon Silverback wrote, what do you guys think will be the first next gen hit? Mm. Call of Duty Ghost, unfortunately. I got to go with Gabe on that one. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think I'm going to go with you on that one, too. Um, okay. Even though the 3DS has shown us that, like, you know, Wii U could come out with something. And, you know, whether it be like, you know, Pikmin, like uh, Bradley was talking about or Mario Kart, you know, that's still Wii U, we have to remember, is still considered next gen, even though it's here. Oh, sure. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe it could it could pop something up that surprises us and ends up on the top 10 for forever. That's the one thing that Wii U has over every other next gen console right now is that it's out. People have been kind of using it and Mm -hmm. learning to harness what it has. So. Mario Kart's, well, I almost said seven. Mario Kart eight, is it? Yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that could be the first next gen hit. True. I can't Very wait true. to play that game. Honestly. Yeah, me too. Okay, uh, great question there. Here's another good one. Um, at Urban Dave, Dave Morgan wrote: Is gamers' fear of change the real reason for lack of innovation in the games industry? Hmm. Wow. I think that's interesting coming from a gamer. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear what developers have to think. I think developers are, I think they're pushing the limits based on what this current gen is. Now that now that we have a next gen console, I think we're going to see a lot more innovation because they have more tools, more and more, you know, more ammo to use to really start pushing. I mean, look at the Oculus Rift already. I mean, there could be some serious innovations in the next couple of years with that. Yeah, uh, we still don't know. I think gamers actually like change, but I think they want a they want a change that's convenient for how they play currently. And I think that's we we've already talked about. It. I think that's why a lot of people are so mad at the Xbox One because they're kind of really reinventing the way that you have to play your games. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They're very like this is the, my style of play. This is how I like to play, and this is how I like to access my games. And I think in there, they don't want a drastic change, but they want it more convenient. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think too, I mean, it's so crazy just as the Xbox one thing goes on and on. Cause he's, I, I think he's probably talking to, about policies like you're saying uh, over actual games. Yeah. Um, but um, like even the, the, the family share thing, remember the thing that Xbox one had going for a second, they kind of died off with the, with now that they're going to reverse everything. But even the family share thing was explained like, hey, you're going to get these games and anybody can play. You know, you could choose 10 friends and they get to play whatever is on your system. 
but mm. I don't think it actually worked like that. Like I read a story where uh, a Microsoft employee kind of went on this rant on this blog and he was like, you know, the family share thing we we're really excited about. But what they didn't tell you was it was really like 15, 20 minute demos, not just play the game wherever you're at. Well, of course I was like, not. I mean, they still want to sell <laughs> copies of the game. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, so why is that a good idea? You know what I'm saying? Why not just make demos available to people? Um, but I think, I think to his question, I think we just got to be eased in more. It, it just can't be this um, gear switching that happens and is, is forced. I think you have to give people the option, I think. And then, you know, like the things with the Illumi room, which they, they haven't talked too much about. But I, I think that stuff's all going to gradually, like we've talked about before, start coming in and, you know, just like other peripherals that uh, <laughs> we have in the house. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think, Good question. I think one thing that they that they don't do that they should, I mean, obviously they want everybody to move to an all-digital future because that kind of that locks in everybody's purchase. You can't sell it, et cetera. It's cheap. And, and when it gets to digital, too, you know, think about it. They're not giving a cut to retailers at that point either. Exactly. So I think if that's their ultimate goal and they want to end up in that place, I mean, they don't ever advertise that stuff. Do you ever in an Xbox 360 or PS3 ad see, hey, get this game day one digital? Do you ever see that? I don't think so. They might have like the little stamp down in the bottom. You know what I'm saying? With that little day one digital yeah. thing. But I don't ever see that being the selling point of the of the thing for sure. I mean, they really yeah. never advertise digital games in general. Like, how are you supposed to know they exist? Like I said, I've met people with 360s that, do, that don't know that Xbox Live Arcade exists. Wow. You know, they have wow. no idea. It's kind of like iOS games. Like, I think, you know, n- not only is it crowded... But it's hard to know when one launches that's not big. Well, like, the, how do you know? There's it's ne- just, you know, on the App Store. <laughs> well, and there's, you know, reviews and stuff. But basically, I mean, they don't they don't put any weight into their digital program. If you had a console, you know, if you had Xbox 360, they're, you know, showing off a game or something. There's a an ad on TV. And right at the end, you know, they take five seconds to say hey download this now on your xbox you know get it get it first in line you know basically digital Mm -hmm. you know i mean i think if a lot more people knew that option exists you know people with disposable income would go for it yeah sure yep good question yeah really good question Mm -hmm. um that at that shelfie chow fee um we have, a, we have a rough time with his name every single time i know i'm sorry uh, here's a great question have you played a game that really pulled your heartstrings papo and yo ruined me man, man i didn't I play, that, play game. that game i heard that was really good oh i heard it was really good too um for me i don't know i think the last of us has already pulled on my heartstrings i mean the first 10 minutes of of it will i think so for me right now that was but you know what i got it was. It wasn't necessarily pulling heartstrings, but you get really. I don't know. Sur- when I played Journey, you got very surreal and very. This it was kind of calming, and I don't know. There was just something about that game. It was just really soothing. But uh, for me, I think right now it's, it's going to be The Last of Us. Um. Someone died in Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's spoiler material at this point. Uh, I know. I just. I'm just saying that just in case somebody gets mad at me. Um. And then uh, that I was, but I was younger. Um. 
But Walking Dead, I think, really showed yeah, a, Walking Dead was pretty yep. a grip between the characters. I forgot about and, that one. And, yeah, yeah, that's that a good one. Definitely pulled heartstrings. Yep. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy VII really got to me when I was young when I played it. Um, that especially that scene that Gabe called into question. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty nuts. So yeah, that was crazy. I was like, "What?" Yeah, I, I felt like I was watching. Uh, I feel like if you ever want a like a hilarious just YouTube waste of time, real quick. Just go watch the reaction videos of the last episode of Game of Thrones. I'm not going to say anything because <laughs> no, it's no, recent. Don't. I'm not going to say anything. Yep. Just watch the reaction videos. It's hilarious, and that's how I felt in the middle of Final Fantasy VII. That's awesome. <laughs> I still I have all those episodes to watch still for Game of Thrones, so good. No spoilers. I it's don't want to hear it. It's kind of awesome. crazy because the Final Fantasy VII thing has been spoiled so much now at this point that I don't think <laughs> yeah. you could play that game objectively, like not thinking about that stuff. Exactly. And Game of Thrones, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so you can spoil whatever. No, I'm not go. spoiling it. I'm not spoiling it. All right. We, uh, we're running low on time, so I've, I've got one more question from our boy uh, William J. Hines at Facebook. Oh, really yeah. What up, that there, William? How long before Apple and Google get into the gaming business for the TV? They both have set-top boxes, and I think, they, at least Apple, you can mirror your screen to the TV. They both support third-party controllers. So what impact will that have in the gaming world? That's huge. That's loaded. Here's the thing. I think... I don't know if Apple and Google are – I don't – are they trying to get into the market or are they just letting Sony and Microsoft duke it out? It's well, either I mean, it's either they're already developing something and they just haven't told anybody and it's going to come and rock everyone's faces or they're just watching what, what the majors do and maybe they'll slowly but surely – I think they've got a good thing with iOS games. Why kind of rock the boat? Well, I mean we just talked about Ouya. I mean, that's kind of, I know it's not Google, but I think that's, you know, it works off the Google Play Store, doesn't it? Isn't it Android games? I think it's their yeah, own. It's cur- Android based. I think it's their own curated store, though. Like, I think they have some type of quality control for that. You know mm. what I mean? Oh, okay. Because with the Google Play Store, just like iOS, I mean, you get inundated with stuff, you know, and you don't know what's good and what's not. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But I, I mean, I, th- I think it would be very easy for them to do so because they have such a huge market share anyway with with iOS and iTunes and the App Store. Um, I, I think maybe Apple more than Google d- has the advantage there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they do, it, I think what it's going to be it's more of the mobile slash tablet gaming world. I think they've got that on lock. But yeah, they're inter- making so much money, man. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Do they want to put that much time and development into doing something that Sony and Microsoft are already doing and have been doing for years? I don't know. I don't think so, just because Sony and Microsoft are going for horsepower. And yeah, I just don't see Apple doing that inexpensively. Like they're, they're, I think their main focus has always been, at least for something connected to your TV, you know, an Apple TV device, which could do games if they unlocked it to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to do those types of experiences, iOS and, you know, Android type experiences where you've got either a short game or a simple game. And it's, you know, it's not a triple A 
experience. You know what I mean? Shoot, Infinity Blade was up there though. Infinity yeah, Blade true. was really good, but I mean that was developed by Chair, was it? Yeah. Um, a real yeah, developer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, not to say that you know EA doesn't have a mobile division and stuff like that, but at the same time, it's when I game on a console, it's a lot different than playing a game on my phone or yeah. Oh yeah. Playing a game that I would expect to come from an Apple TV. So yeah, I don't think they'll rush to market. No. I, I I don't think that they see the upside of it yet. They're like, hey, we're making great money letting you play all these games on your phone. I think maybe they'll, I think they'll slowly, like they're doing with this controller, um, you know, slowly things will work towards that. But I don't, I don't see them releasing a console anytime soon. I think they'll just have more ways that you can connect your phone to your television. And then next thing you know, your phone is your console on your television if you feel like doing that. Yeah, I, I don't think it's it's them getting into the gaming business. They're already in the gaming business with their yeah. iOS games, and, right. and Google has theirs as well. Um, so I, I think they're already in it, but I don't think they're going to go all in and try and compete with what's already out there. I think they what they may do is create things that enhance it. I mean, look at the different um, tablet integrations now that you can do with game, with these next-gen games. If, if any of you saw the Division gameplay, Somebody was on a tablet, yeah. and they were they were air support for you. So I Watch think incorporating that, yeah, I think incorporating that is going to be awesome. That will be very very cool. Good deal. So there you have know. it. We'll That's Good it, man. Questions, That's you guys. On, on yeah, questions. I really appreciate getting the questions, and we we definitely get a lot more than we used to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's awesome, man. For, well, you know, from the get go, I think right at the beginning we had. This like the same three people asking questions every week. I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like but it's we appreciate awesome, it, man. man. It's it's so much fun yeah, to talk about it. We definitely appreciate it. Yeah, it is. Def- it does not go unnoticed that you guys are talking to us, and we're trying to talk back to you as much as possible. If we miss your comments or things like that, we're sorry. We're 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 trying our best because uh, we want to talk to you guys. That's why we're here, and that's why we continue to be here. Forty-one weeks strong, y'all. Every week, we haven't missed a week yet. Um, we appreciate you guys that are going back and listening to the early episodes, man. That's so fun for me to hear. Uh, I've seen some of you guys Twitter and be like, I'm starting on the pilot. I'm like, Oh snap. That's way back (laughs) in the day. So, uh, we appreciate you guys doing that and, uh, sticking with us. You guys know where to find us. Tell your friends about us. Married to the games.com. We're going to try to continue to bring cool interviews to you guys. Uh, we have some on the docks that are waiting to be brought in. And uh, and so I, I think it's going to be a, a fun year. We have exciting, exciting things happening with gaming. And uh, I don't think this game news is about to slow down anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter, MTTG cast. We're on Facebook dot com slash married to the games. We're all over the place. We're on Podomatic. We're on Stitcher, iTunes. We're everywhere. We're trying to be at least. Please um, rate us on iTunes. Yeah, please rate us on iTunes. That would be awesome. You know, the, the one with five stars. But if you feel like we deserve one star, we need to know. So let us know. You can give us one star. Just let us know why you're giving us one star. Don't just be like, y'all suck. Peace. And be like, <laughs> no, no, no. We want to know why we suck. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. It is so humbling um, to be able to talk back and forth with you guys. So I'm Gabe Patillo for Tim Router. 
for Timothy Hall. We are married to the games and we up out this thing. Peace! <laughs>